Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And ho-ho! Three more episodes as we count down the last three main episodes of Profiling Criminal Minds. It's working out perfectly. Uh, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff this week, but... Who boy, are we going to talk about one bad thing as well? <laughs> uh, we'll get there. First off, which episode? First? Yes. Saturday. Saturday. <sighs> Saturday. As the team enjoys a Saturday off, Garcia becomes personally involved after a participant in her hacking competition confesses she has a stalker, while Reed meets a woman named Maxine. Okay. Uh, so yes, this is, this is it. The comedy episode of Criminal Minds. I mean, they still do a stalking storyline, obviously, as well, because they don't know how to not do an episode where there's a crime. Like, they almost did an episode where there's not a crime, but they honestly just don't know how to do it. It's kind of weird. Uh, the last, of course, off-model episode of Criminal Minds was also a stalker episode. And that one, like this one, the stalking part is not the interesting part of the episode. That one, the interesting part of the episode, was them dealing with the battered wife in one of the strongest bits of writing and acting the show has ever offered. Yep. And this time, uh, the side story is the more interesting part again, and it's Reed's day out. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and as you saw, yes, it's a, uh, he sees a therapist who is not, like, not inside the FBI therapist the way, uh, Tara Lewis is, but, yeah. uh, Tara Lewis is, but she is a law enforcement therapist, like a therapist yes. who only works with law enforcement officers, which is a real thing. Like, it's yes. a very specialized kind of therapy, and they have the kind of issues that not a ton of other people have so yeah <laughs> no law kidding. enforcement officers actually do have their own therapists this is not the show making that up it's kind of neat actually yeah neat and necessary it is oh it's absolutely necessary i do not begrudge them this i just wish they were better at their job well it's a tough i don't job. want to go we're not going to go anywhere else we're just going to stick with this episode i mean there okay. are the way they treat them sometimes in other other uh, shows, cop shows, is is uh, a million is is the way they treat general generally speaking psychiatrists and psychologists and everything else on this show. I know. Uh, well, and I think it's kind of funny to realize that uh, that r the thing that finally got Reed to go into therapy is not his drug addiction, the time he spent in jail. You know, his, uh, the murderer who was obsessed with him, his problems with his mother, <laughs> none of that. But, you know, having to deal with not fantasizing about JJ anymore. No, I'm going to therapy. That's, <laughs> that's what I need to talk to somebody about. Cause he specifically, when he's talking to her, seems to think that that's the only thing he's there to get therapy for. And I'm like, dude, you need therapy for everything. <laughs> There's not a part of your life. That doesn't require analysis. <laughs> you're a mess, and we love you, but you're a mess. Yeah. Okay, so I thought that was kind of funny. All right, uh, but let's get to it. Um, I will say again, just as I did when we covered this the first time, what a tragedy it is that they didn't make the um, the killer who was chopping up people at the BAU 
that they didn't have it be him remembering the killer, the Jason who got away from the that one episode. Like, how do you miss? Th- I mean, I was about to say, how do you miss that? And of course, the answer is what you always say. Yeah, they have no continuity. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no one on the show who watches the show or remembers the show. <laughs> like, they don't watch the show. They don't know what happens on it. They're just, you know, they're just doing a job. Stop yeah, plus- asking them to be consistent. Okay, plus, and it was so nice to see Adrian Barbo in that episode, but anyway. I know, I know and I still haven't watched the original, um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I might. The movie um, that she was the love interest in, the horror. Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing, thank you. Ah, uh, Swamp I, Thing's I, such a good movie. I keep going green, and I'm going, no, that's not it. No, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, yes. Swamp Thing is the answer. Uh, Wonderful movie, Swamp Thing. Uh, Uh But anyway, yes, it was was sad that it wasn't that. But, you know, it's still a fun opening, and you see that he's full of nerves. And so she tells him, you know, just get away from your life for one day. Well, I could plant. No, don't plan. Don't plan. Don't come up with a scheme. God, how, like... I mean, in a couple episodes, we'll find out that he hasn't had any anyone come to his apartment since he got out of jail. In four years or something, he says. In four years! And it's like, we did the math, and it's like, yeah. And I know that's really, that was written that way because they hadn't used a set in four years, but the insight that gives you into Reed accidentally is kind of shocking. Well, I guess, I guess, except for his mother. No, after he got out of jail, she went straight into a home in uh Okay, the, so the, the thing Well, where was the thing where with the mother who when she gets is that 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 before season when, 11, she get, when he's in jail. And he's li- she's li- season 11, she's in jail. That's uh, here, he's in jail and she was living at his place the whole time before she was in, he was in jail and when he she, he's in jail she's still living at his apartment and then we have to assume that the moment he got out of jail he's like yeah i'll put her in a home and that's when she went into the home okay. outside virginia that we see her in in season 15 and that's why the uh, you know the production staff is saying he hasn't had anybody in his house for 4 years because that's the it, last time they used the set for the yeah, well, Jane Lynch storyline yeah well it doesn't even look like his house I know. But anyway, yeah. his apartment. <laughs> well, they completely light it for once. Normally mm-hmm. his house is, you know, uh, t- incredibly dark and incredibly dusty. It's actually yeah. like, he turned on a light for once is the big change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Open but yes. the curtains, you know. Open the curtains, turned on the light. You know, like, tried to make it like a real place. And you know what? More power to you, Reed. Uh, but yes, he goes out and he goes on uh, and he meets a lady... And he has a good, you know, he has a good day out and it's, it's really positive. And I think what I love, I mean, I really liked this episode the second time. Like this is my favorite episode of the season. The first time I really liked it the second time. And what I liked most was its willingness to call Reed on some stuff. Like his hair. <laughs> like his hair. Like should a real good grown man actually have that haircut? It's a really good question, kid. <laughs> That's what we've been asking for 14 years. <laughs> you work for the FBI, yes. man. Yeah. People yeah, no, treat you is. 
dear spencer reed people treat you the way you tell them to treat you and that hair tells them not to take you seriously exactly the hair tells them you're a child so change the hair trust me you'll be happier uh but yes (laughs) i know we're so mean uh no but it's serious like they actually call him on it like and you realize as we're as we were saying this like he really doesn't have the show is open about the fact that oh my god he doesn't have a life he doesn't have friends he doesn't have interests yes nothing nothing i mean he uh, despite all the statements about him and uh derek being buddies he doesn't go and visit derek and derek's wife and son you know his life is empty except for his job and as we covered last week taking care of his mother yeah that's that's that's, that's it that's his whole life you know and again we can argue and we have argued that his job is a factor of taking care of his mother because it's about transforming himself into the knight that she fantasized he was. Yeah. Like, if I can make her delusions real, well, then there's nothing wrong with her, is what Spencer Reed thinks inside. Obviously, that's crazy, but, you know, that's what yeah. that's what he thinks. If I can actually become a knight, if I can actually save people... You know, if I can prove all these stories are real, well, there's nothing wrong with my mother because she's just talking about me. It's very sad. And that's Spencer Reed's whole life. Yeah. And I mean, I could quibble and say, boy, this happened really fast. But what the hell? I'm going, okay. you know, I mean, they they only had 10 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, they have to have Spencer Reed get over his stuff really fast. fast. Unbelievably fast. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was fascinating. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I certainly enjoyed the episode. And, you know, it's as you say, we find out Garcia's being stalked. They're setting her up with Luke for the end. Yeah. Um, this is where she's beginning the process of understanding that maybe she shouldn't be doing this work. Yeah. Um, also, so- and by the way, like, one thing that... Um, I want to, uh, I want to point out, right, that they, they try to make, take cyberbullying seriously. And by the way, I think you should take cyberbullying seriously. I'm not going to say you shouldn't at all, right? Uh, that is, that is something you will never hear me say. It is an incredibly serious thing. But I will say this, like, the way they have her give this speech talking about how her being bullied online is the equivalent emotionally to all of the brutal crime scenes they go to? Mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's, it... it's just not. And also, by the way, they have this weird line where they try to say that her going to these things is the equi- uh, is like she has to meet dark people and pleasant people and go to these horrible places, and that's her version of photographs which she never looks at. And the thing is, that is based on a season, like, one through five version of the character that hasn't been valid for ten years. Yeah. Because I want everyone to remember that when J.J. left, was fired, Garcia took over preparing the case slideshows. Yeah. She's the one who presents the cases. She's the one who makes those PowerPoints. And I've seen those PowerPoints... 
they are full of horrific, gruesome imagery. Well, yeah, and she always does it. I mean, even and after she's the one. JJ. But that's my point. And yeah. even after JJ comes back, JJ's not doing her old job anymore. Now she's just another generic profiler. And guess what? She's still the one making those PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. So, like, they have this whole thing about her not looking at the photos. That's the original Garcia. The second she took over JJ's job, she started looking at the photos. And she's been looking at the photos for 10 years. Because remember, like, she gets sent a packet of 50 horrible pictures of violence that has been visited on some woman. And then she's got to put together the PowerPoint from that. So not only is she looking at the photos, she's seeing more photos than they are in the PowerPoint presentation. She's got to look at all of them. You know? The ones, yeah. I know, I, it's, yeah, I mean, there are problems, uh, it, and it goes back to just not, not, as I said, not having a character Bible. Yeah. There's no Bible, and there's no simple. show Bible, and no one remembers what the show is. And as you say, having, um, and this, this version of her character, who, you know, never looks at the photos, blah, 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 blah. Like, the thing is, that's Ed Bernero's. That's, yeah. that's the Penelope uh, Garcia Ed Bernero was writing 10 years ago yeah. and, could, you know, running the show 10 years ago. So I'm not surprised that that misapprehension about her character is included in this episode, but it is a misapprehension about her character. Like it is yeah. a misunderstanding of who Penelope Garcia has been for a long time. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that this is the episode that Ed, Ed Bernero directed. Yeah, exactly. Right, and so he lets it. So he he goes back to the he goes the back Penelope. to default Penelope, exactly default Penelope, yeah. and you know so and we've seen her every now and then having real serious problems with her job. So oh, absolutely. Um, but the show has not, this, and then this yeah. this allows them to basically have her move away. Yeah, had do a soft reset of her character to yeah. a person who just can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. Right. And honestly, like, um, if instead of saying that, instead of doing this weird speech about cyberbullying. Yeah. Right. And saying that it's the equivalent of looking at gruesome murder photos, they had just got into the idea that it gets harder if you just have her say something like every year, you know, every time it gets, it gets harder. harder and harder to look at this stuff. Yeah. You know, and it would be nice to actually just help somebody. Instead of looking at a corpse, the way they said the last time they did a stalking episode, it's a lot better than this misunderstanding of her character. But it's not a huge point at all. No, you you just kind of, as you say, they don't bring up the fact that she's being stalked. Well, the guy's in uh, Russia, so it doesn't matter. Not a, I know, right? Like, uh, um, wait. Yeah, wait. It, it matters. It, no, no, these things matter. It really matters. It does, like, yeah, the fact that he's not uh, able to come to your town doesn't make him not a threat. You no. know, I've seen enough episodes of Criminal Minds to know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, generally a fun episode. We get we get good stuff with Reed. Um, the I still question whether you could build that, you know, uh, play fort under somebody's bed. <laughs> the amount of time that would have took oh my god yeah like the amount of time and planning that would have taken is just crazy well uh, yeah let's say and you know uh and then of course we get the paul f Tompkins storyline which is there for everyone to acknowledge 
how ridiculous Emily Prentice's story is. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no, it and the the thing you want to say is like, yeah, it does it would and the show is unwilling to do the hard lift, which is you know what? This would look crazy from the outside. Everything about her life does seem crazy and like a ridiculous story if you weren't there for it. Some of it looks pretty ridiculous if you were there for it, but it's like everything looks crazy if you're not there for it. So it's like Paul F. Tompkins, he's not coming from nowhere, his character. You know, he's got he's got reasons to be as suspicious as he is of her. So I still I still found him very entertaining. Uh and of course we got uh we got, you know, day drinking Emily. Uh the the most honest version of Emily. And the kind of per the kind of person who brings a whole bottle of wine to help somebody put a crib together. And I still don't understand what's wrong with the color of that crib. It's fine. <laughs> I have no idea. I still I'm thinking It's beautiful. Okay, it was a beautiful crib. And it wasn't red red. No, it was nice. It was rose red. And they had a girl. I don't I, understand what the issue is. No, now, I the only thing that I would say about that, hopefully that that, that crib allows the the mattress to go way down. Oh yeah, no, but, I'm sure it's got one of those descenders on it. Yeah. Uh, that, if you don't have kids, mattresses start out very high and then as kids get able to uh, sit up and crawl and pull themselves up by their arms, you have to lower them down and down and down so they can't climb out. It starts up really high so you can easily access the kid, but then it has to turn into essentially a baby prison because the baby's going to want to get out of the crib and it's dangerous if you're not there. So the ma so they have this thing where you can lower it six inches or like three inches at a step as the kid gets more and more able to move. It's a very nice feature that ma that cribs have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember that line from um, Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, yes, you better get used to it. Yes, the kid is... His uncle kid. who's in jail. Yeah. And at the start of the, uh, the, start of the movie, they are canceling their plans to have a, uh, you know, as a congratulations on your pardon party, because he did not get out yeah. of jail. And so there he is. And he sees him as a baby. Get yeah, used to the it. the playpen. <laughs> oh, that's such a good... Yeah, I forgot about that. That's yeah, so yeah, good. No, that was... That's... You know, but anyway, that, um, yeah, I never understood that. I was obviously, I mean, that had to be some kind of an in-joke. Why? why? Oh, yeah. Because it actually in the color fit in the, in the, um, the, in the room and everything oh, else. So I'm going, yeah. what's the problem here? But, and it was, you know, it was nice of David Rossi to, uh, you know, um, get involved in their lives. And Oh, absolutely. It was and, very uh, nice and try and give Matt, uh, cut Matt in on his slimy side deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he writes yeah, novels I mean, based on the cases. Well, yeah. Okay. It's like he, he, they don't use the right terminology. It's like, I write true crime novels based on the, uh, the cases. Well, if it's a novel, it's not true crime. If it's true no. crime, it's not a novel. And it's weird the people writing this episode don't know the difference there. Well, yeah, but I've already, t I think I've told that story at one, at, at one point during the, this about my students when I asked them. Yeah. 
about about novels. Like I can remember one class, and I don't know what we were. I asked them to to give me a novel, and they don't know what it, the difference between a novel and <laughs> oh. between fiction and nonfiction, basically, <sighs> right? Yeah. Like they didn't know what a novel was, and That's it was really like upsetting. I was just like, "Oh, okay, short stories, novels, poetry." If and if there are hobbits in it, non-fiction. it's a novel. <laughs> and if there are no hobbits, it's nonfiction. There, I think I've saved you some time. <laughs> if there are rabbits in it, it's fiction. <laughs> are the rat? Oh, no, 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 wait. Are there rabbits in it? Yes or no? Yes. Do the rabbits talk? Yeah, well, then it's probably nonfiction. <laughs> it's probably a not. Uh, oh, it's probably fiction. Nope. Oh, my God. Yeah, now you yes. got me doing it. Water. Uh, but, uh, yes. We're talking about Watership Down just Yeah, we were talking about Watership Down. Yeah, and it's it's a real downer. Um, <laughs> Unlike Rabbit rabbit Redux and Run, run Rabbit Run, well, which are, are also down- novels. Which are, and also downers. Also downers, yes. But yeah, just... you don't. Uh, he, uh, uh, his. His autobiographical characters are real dirtbags. <laughs> well, so it's almost mind. like he might be a dirtbag too, but that's a whole other conversation. Yes, yes. So anyway, but looking at but looking at this, like, yeah, no, no, they don't know what they don't know what. Yeah, they don't yeah. actually know the difference between a novel and true crime. Yeah, and true crime is nonfiction. Like in yeah, other exactly. words, basically. There's fiction, poetry, and nonfiction, and yeah. everything basically fits into that. Those three broad uh, categories. Yeah. Short stories fit into fiction, like you know. So, and I mean, you could theoretically have a short true crime story, just not yeah. many people do. No. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you go when you read uh when you pick up like an Alfred Hitchcock Presents magazine, and there'll be a four page thing about how they actually caught an actual killer in there. That's like a true crime short story? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the terminology largely only exists for short fiction. You're completely right to describe it that way. Yeah, short stories. Yep. Yeah, short anyway, stories. but it's yeah. very it's very strange, right? That they don't know that word on the show. And, but but I, it stunned me in this class. It had to be about six years ago, and I can't even remember which one it was. What yeah. class? And, and, you know, I was... And you're just blown I, I away that it's like they don't have these foundational understanding of these foundational concepts of writing. Yeah, of writing. And you're just going... What were you doing in high school? Did you not, you know, um, do you understand what plays are? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's... And, and even then, right? And then there's... And, I mean, these categories of film... Yeah. Okay, because cat you can categorize films in, in the same way. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. And you can categorize, you know, um T well, T V shows, no. Well, uh, no T V shows, I mean, because yeah, sure. there's Castle and then there's, you know, uh, American Justice. Yes, and you Castle and writes both novels uh, and Castle understood that they wrote novels. Yes, of course, because he was not a true crime writer. He was a no. fiction writer. Yep. Yeah. Whereas David Rossi is a true crime writer, and this show doesn't understand the difference. Yeah, I know it's very strange. Yeah, I did it is. find it, and that's funny, you know, because it is really strange. I mean, it means that people like David Rossi doesn't doesn't really care about what they make him say. Yeah. Oh no. We. I mean, come on. Is there know. any Probably. real doubt that Joe Montana gives a damn what out, comes out of his character's mouth? <laughs> 
You as know long, he doesn't. He just, as long as he does it convincingly, and Lord yeah. only knows he does. He the man's a, the man is a brilliant actor and always has been. And <laughs> I've been saying this for years. We are watching his retirement. Yeah. This show is him being retired. He just cashes a, pe- a huge paycheck every week while retired for 12 years. Yeah. I mean, we can count on one hand the amount of time David Rossi has really cared about a performance on this show. Like that, it's it's seriously the episodes with his daughter, the episodes with his ex-wife, the episodes with me, Shaq Taylor. That's it. He doesn't he, he doesn't even take it out of second gear when he's doing the face-off killer stuff this year. No. Oh, by the way, and David Rossi, when you talk about ex-wife, you're talking about because in the other. Oh yeah, right. You know what the, I mean? The other two yeah, episodes yeah. are real people. When you're talking about his ex-wife, that's he doesn't have an ex-wife in real life. No, of course. Just so yes. everybody I, Just to be clear, yes, obviously. Yeah, his real daughter was an actress on the show. And but he does not have an ex-wife. Yes, a real life ex-wife. And Taylor isn't. is a real person, but yes. there's no real ex-wife. No, He's been no married to the same you're woman forever. Right. Oh, yeah, forever. Yeah. Okay. okay. And uh, there you go. So, yeah, overall, still really liked the episode. Still, yep. I mean, it's good to check in with everybody. Uh, we've, we've made our complaints. We've said the good stuff. But on the balance, this is the one, probably the strongest episode of the season. Uh, it, except for the stuff. Like, the, I mean, the one thing it's missing is real, like, dramatic stakes and weight. Because, I'm sorry, the yeah. Penelope stuff just doesn't give you that. Well, it doesn't and... give you that because they don't ever follow up on anything. No, no, they don't. Uh, yeah, so you never, like, this isn't, the Penelope stuff isn't paying off anything, and it's not setting up anything. It's just kind of yeah. there, and it doesn't really impact. And that is where the second episode of the season, like, really knocks it out of the park with the with the Reed stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's a terrible episode of television, the second episode, but oh my god, the Reed stuff is, it's fantastic. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole thing in here, too. Right, yeah. the read stuff. The is read stuff fantastic. is is good, and um, he does he does manage to find her, as she says. Took you long enough. Uh, again, it's she, better writing <laughs> if he's waiting for her when she goes to pick up her 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 towed car. That's better writing. Yes, but however, this show is not written by good writers. <laughs> and uh, and and besides, you know, this also shows the geographic profiling does have its problems <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, okay anyway, so here's, here's something else before we move on from this episode okay. i just want to say uh, just one minor thing the fact that they say that jj got shot two weeks ago i know why the hell is she back at work well she was but i mean if that timeline is true she was back at work one week after, after. getting shot and having a collapsed lung like, do they not understand you can just fast forward? Clearly like, not. Hell, I mean, the stuff that's going on with the face-off killer in the background would make more sense if they had fast forwarded. Yeah, But apparently exactly. this is all just two weeks after the face-off killer, sh- you know, his daughter shot JJ and he disappeared. This is all I... happening two weeks later. Yeah. That's madness. Well, like, that's... Uh, I mean, That's... the one thing when Derek got, you know, tortured, they're like, now it's six months later. Yeah. Well, and this should have been, and I, 
I don't know who, like, I think I'm just, I mean, the, the big thing, be, because I watched Date Night this morning, but after yeah. I finished watching the first two episodes last night, before yeah. I went to bed, maybe that's why I felt like crap this morning, <laughs> but anyway, I watched those so two mean. episodes and I thought, I don't think we, we, we're going to be, we're not being I don't even know if we can be fair or whether we are being fair about these episodes. Okay. Like, it's really hard to know, um, except that, I guess, uh, we, we've we been able to override a lot of things. Well, and, I think anyone who is listening to our podcast known that we try our hardest to be fair here. We really yeah. do. I, I mean, yeah, I'm a jerk a lot of the time. But and I do drive-bys, but... Yes, you do, right? But, you know, at the same time, I think all of our complaints are based on real things. And yeah, we pile on, we do pile on from time to time, too. I'm not going to deny that, but I think largely we have honest complaints based on real issues with the episodes. Yeah, and it's just, but it's just so tiring. What I'm finding so far, we've gotten in yeah. six episodes, right? Like, yes. this one was fun. Except oh, that there's no, like, there's just no, the writing lacks any, uh, I can't even say depth. I don't yeah. even know what I want because it's not like it's has a lot of depth. It's almost as if I can't figure out what's missing. It's like they're cramming crap in. Yeah. And it's too fast. And I, I do think that somebody should have picked up the fact that JJ could not have been that badly injured and be back at work the next week. Yeah, like they're not even trying. And the no. thing is, you know it's and the last season of the show. You can set the next episode five months later. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you can set it five months later like you did when Derek got tortured. Yeah. You've done it before. I mean, that's the only time they've done a time jump, but they've done a time jump before. Yeah, and they could have done it with this one. It was their last season. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This episode could have, this season could have taken place over three years. You know, it doesn't it matter anymore. Mattered. You're not doing a show next year, so it doesn't matter what you do this year. There's no precedent you have to worry about screwing up later. If Criminal Minds gets a revival, it'll be in ten years. You know, so you can figure it out then, guys. Good luck on that one. Uh, don't, don't, never say never. Everything comes back, and Criminal Minds is a shockingly popular show. It only got canceled because the budget couldn't justify, uh, the existence of the show. And in ten years, when all the contracts have reset, don't be shocked if we get the further adventures of Spencer Reed. Just like, just a show about Spencer Reed and only Spencer Reed. Oh, well, and I yes, see that. Absolutely, I, that, I will I be pitching that. that show to CBS. Just 100%. <laughs> Dear CBS, I've got the show for you. Just 22 weeks a year of Spencer Reed. Nobody else. <laughs> just really delve into that character. And they could all, they could all call on him as a consultant. Exactly. Like this to move into, he could go, yeah. move to New Orleans and then he could go up. <laughs> You know, and work like he could just spend some time in New Orleans. He could spend yeah. some time in in this this volunteer organization that that Penelope's gonna go working exactly. for. Like, right? Come on, like this. You also, know, he can and he go can and check in with every. And that's the thing. Different weeks, he'll check in. With, okay, by the way, so this is now. 
everyone. Uh, in our last episode, we're going to pitch our Spencer Reed spinoff, just FYI. So we're going to take two weeks to think about it and expect yeah. in our last episode to hear us pitching about Spencer Reed's spinoff. Cause... And of course, we'll have to decide whether Reed and Max get married and have kids. Yeah, well, that's that'll be a conversation for that time. Yeah, yeah, that's a long <laughs> right. conversation, right? And but if she and she's going to get this job at the Smithsonian, exactly. So yeah, maybe that'll... she's going to run into never mind. But the Bones and Company, I know. Yeah, yeah, we there could do go. a whole thing. I mean, because... they don't admit they work at the Smithsonian, but we we know what Washington D.C. is like. There's not a second. Uh, there's not a second famous uh la a famous lab slash. Uh, museum that Jefferson founded. No, it's the it's the Smithson's Museum. All right, so uh, anyway. <laughs> let's get on to the second episode. Ah, uh, yeah, we have to enjoy ourselves. The next episode is was out of order, filming it order. Yeah, oh, it, okay. it's uh, so they might, so maybe somebody thought they had to put some time to get to get Reed and Max together before they did date night i honestly because... think that um date night should have been the i mean i'm gonna say date night should have been the last episode before the final two yeah that would have been great that would yeah, have been way just... smarter because you've and, got yeah. again because you've got you need time for him to actually go out and develop a relationship with max and and have you know you, you need uh because if he starts dating max and the next episode is the return of her a just from a, a standpoint of running this show, it doesn't make sense that you're immediately going to that. Like two episodes about Reed's love life in a row. And wh when did Cat Adams have the time to plan all of this if he started dating her last week? Yeah, two weeks. No, because it's two uh, weeks yeah. apart, No, but right? you're saying originally yeah. it was next. So Yeah, it was originally it was next, and I'm going, like, maybe somebody actually did. Yeah. Look Think at it for that. once. I know. But, I mean, yeah. definitely someone noticed at some point. Yeah, because they moved it. But yeah, yeah. it would have been it better. It should have been. It should have been episode eight. I yeah. think date night should have been episode eight. Because that, that would have made a lot more sense. Done, what they should have done was face off. After, yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. But and I mean, it's like you should have wrapped up the Cat Adams storyline the right thing before the last thing before the end of the show. Like, that should yeah, have been the last thing before the end of the show. Because that would have been. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, okay. it just means that they would have had to have found, um, let me see, they would have had to have found about eight minutes more yeah. in date night, and, and they would have had to find some place to put the Everett Lynch stuff that's at the end. It's what? Said, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But All anyway, right. you know, and that may have been beyond them. Well, date night, yeah, so. you're, that might have been beyond them. You're absolutely right. So. <laughs> it would have been nice, but I, I do understand the limitations that might have well, kept that from happening. Yes, yes, because because as we all know, whenever they have to chop up episodes, they screw up royally. <laughs> oh God, do they ever! All right, yes. let's get okay, to it. Folks, let's get to the worst episode. This this episode was so appalling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in so many ways. Um, ghost. When several people are shot in a rash of shootings in Des Plaines, Des Plaines uh, Illinois, mm -hmm. Illinois, the BAU realizes the crimes match those of a... Of a what? What? 
the hell? This isn't the episode I watched. No, you're talking about Ghost. Um, yeah, uh, again, it's it's massively listed out of order. Uh, what we watched is the one about the guy looking for his dad. Yeah, the Beaumont, Texas. So we watched number eight. Did we? I think it aired this. Well, we'll have to change. Okay. Um, let's, yeah, go to the Beaumont, Texas one. I, I like the episode I have is listed as this. So they might, do they have the airing order wrong? No, they can't have the airing order wrong. Uh, sorry, everybody. We watched the wrong episode. Well, but I it's, have but no, it's... yeah, I have no, uh, yeah. Cause they, it's, it even sets up the face off killer stuff at the end. All right. Our bad. Um, sorry. We watched so the I... one about the guy missing his dad. Back in Beaumont, Texas. We will fix this last week when we watch the right three episodes. <laughs> okay, so I don't know what we're going to do right now. Should we just move to date night? Let's just skip over to date night and we'll talk about this one where it belongs <laughs> later. Well, I don't Sorry, know. everybody. This is really embarrassing and not something we've done before. We both watched the wrong episode. Uh, all right, so uh, you know I what? Don't... We're all, f- everyone's fallible. Let's move on. Uh, okay. Well, let me look at IMDb just to make sure okay. that we got it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure this is my fault, and I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, we will talk about this episode. Uh, we're we're going to do four episodes next week instead of three, and uh, we'll talk about this one in its correct place. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll yeah. start with Ghost. Yeah. We'll uh, start week. with Ghost, and then uh, we'll we'll do five, seven, eight, nine. Next yeah, and we'll do and we'll do um, Beaumont, Texas, where it where it go, where it should be in the uh, airing order. All right, let's get to okay. it. Okay, <laughs> let's get date to night. date night, which is which is the one that we well the the one that I enjoyed the most mm-hmm. of all of these episodes. Right, I get that. Um, oh, absolutely. It is a fun episode. Read the synopsis. When a father and daughter are kidnapped in Washington, D.C., Reed is forced into another confrontation with hit woman Cat Adams, which threatens his date plans with Maxine. Okay. And the thing I loved the best was, worst thir- third date ever. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. That, yeah, worst no. thir- third date ever. Uh, third date ever. ever. Yeah, she's, she's dead right about that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so yes, this is, I mean, it, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a fun episode. It's a very fun episode. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. And the fact that they, they didn't tell Reed anything Yeah. <laughs> because, because they did know how smart she was and they didn't trust him to be able to act. <laughs> good, good, good. No, good, good call. Absolutely you know. a good call on their front. Not trusting Reed to be able to do a performance. I, I completely, your instincts were dead on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it really is a solid episode. I genuinely like this. As always, we enjoy her performances, right? We enjoy seeing her in there as Cat Adams. She's oh, yeah. wonderful in this part. And she's been wonderful most of the time, even when it, they're doing preposterous things and the story makes no sense. She's always a ton of fun. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza, like, really makes this part her own. And I really enjoy that in it. Uh, but I just want to say, and I know I've said this before because, you know, we already reviewed this episode. She's not the most dangerous killer you've ever faced. 
She had, there is no way based on her MO and who she worked with that she has hundreds of victims, you know, and, but it's like, they have to do this. Yeah. She's a hit woman. That's the thing. It's like, she's not killing people. And and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, she's killing people most of the time, but she's only killing people for herself when it's guys who want their wives killed. Yeah. That's the only time she kills people for herself. And the rest of the time, she's just murdering people for money, and there's no way she has hundreds of victims. No. Again, given her MO, it would take her a while to murder anyone, uh, a couple of weeks to murder anyone, and she hasn't been killing people that long. No. So even the 70 people they attribute to her That's seems two. a little high. 72 people they attribute to her seems a little high for her MO and the way she killed people. So yeah, um, so no. And that's this weird thing they do with a show like this, though. And it's not like this is the only show they do it. They're like, well, this is our last episode with her. And they want to make sure that this is the most formidable thing they've up against, uh, been up against. And it's like, it's gilding the lily. It's trying yeah. to make it, you know, more intense than it is. No, the reason the Cat Adams thing is so important is not because she's the deadliest serial killer you've ever faced. It's because Reed has this connection with her. This weird relationship with her. Yeah, he has this weird, upsetting relationship with this woman that he's not in control of, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it threatening, not that she's killed a ton of people. She could have only ever killed two people, and the fact that Reed is obsessed with her would still make it as dangerous. But, yeah, they want everything to be turned up to 11, Yes. So they oh, add in this oh, extra God. nonsense about she's yeah. the most dangerous serial killer we've ever faced. She even, is profoundly not. Even to putting the stupid mask over her face. I know. They do the Hannibal mask. She uh, bite people? What are you talking about? She's a hit woman. She's a hit woman. And she's been completely nonviolent in prison. You know, like she's not even a problem prisoner from what we hear. No. It's, she's just now bored. As yeah, she's, she's bored. It's that life has no entertainment value left for her. So she's suicidal and she wants to take Die. Reed's sanity with her when she yeah. goes. That's, yeah. that's what this is about. Um, and of course, you know, there's the problems with the episode where David Rossi's like, no, she has to have a deeper second plan. Every time we've dealt with her, she's had a deeper second plan. And I'm like, nope, that's never happened. There has never been a deeper plan. There has never been a twist. Cat Adams has always met you face to face, completely straight, completely honest with whatever she was do- dealing with. And I don't know why you don't know this, showrunners. <laughs> the first time they met, she knew she was walking into a trap and she put the bomb there because she thought she could figure her way out of it. Yeah. But she didn't have another level. She didn't have anything going on. She just walked into the trap because, again, as you said, she's kind of bored with her life. Yeah. And so you know? she needs to up the endorphin up the levels. You exactly. know, she has to up the ante to get the thrill and the rush that she the gets from time, doing what she does. She, uh, well, her pl- her her stated plan was: I've kidnapped Reed's mother in an attempt to get Reed uh, to admit publicly what a terrible person he is, and that's what she did. <laughs> Like, that's what she said she was doing, and that's what she was doing. So this whole idea that she always has a second plan, and she always has a twist, and a scheme going on, that is not representative of who Cat Adams is at all. 
That is not the nothing like that has ever happened on the show. Every time she had a plan, she was open about what she wanted and she was weirdly truthful with him. For the love of God, every time he quote unquote played a game with her, she set the rules and obeyed her own rules. Rules. She set. Yeah. She never even changed the rules on him. She never even did that thing. I mean, except to say that, well, I'm in control of the rules, so you don't get to say when, you know, what you don't want to admit to. Like, that's the closest she ever came to changing the rules. And even that wasn't changing the rules. It was Reed trying to weasel out of admitting stuff and her saying, no, you don't get to weasel out of admitting stuff. This is my game. So, yeah, it, it bothers me that they try to transform Cat Adams into Hannibal, but that's not who she is. The Hannibal character was the Hannibal character. She's the one who got you there under, you know, law, uh, for lies and had a second plan going on the whole time. You know, <laughs> like that yeah. character was the one who was doing that. Like, and that's not who they seem to have confused Cat Adams with who played Hannibal, female Hannibal. I'm forgetting that. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Well, it was a good I performance. don't care. I know you don't <laughs> care. It's just, I, I'm forgetting with who the actress was for that. But anyway, it was a good performance in that episode right before the storm, which was such a terrible episode. Like, it's not a great episode, but it is a, it is a really good performance in that episode. It's still as badly written as Chrome Lines efforts, but yes. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. It's a fun episode, this one. Like, the, the, the stuff with Cat Adams is quite entertaining. She's, uh, she does, Aubrey Plaza does a great job. Reed is like, believably screwed up the way Reed always is. Always is, yep. Yeah, like, it's like, his level of not being able to, uh, deal with her is completely believable. Right? Like, he just, he's always so far behind her. Mm hmm. Right? And, it's completely believable because she knows how to push his buttons the way no other character has. So yeah, like it's, it's one of the best written episodes this year. It's definitely the best acted episode this year. I personally yes. prefer Saturday, but I get why you're going to say this is the best episode this year. Yeah. I mean, I really, really, yeah, yeah for me, you know, I mean, oh, totally. Um, it's just because of the, the three, the three character interaction as well, right? I yeah, think that, that big that, scene at the end. Yeah, and 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 when they're in his apartment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you that know, big scene in the apartment. Yeah, the big scene in the apartment works so well. It really and does. And Cat Adams, but as you say, I mean, she's really upfront about what she wants to do. She's trying to yeah. destroy Reed. She's trying to destroy his relationship with this woman. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And she even, by the way, she even admits, like, again, there's no second level this woman. No. She even essentially says, I want to make sure that after I'm gone, you never stop thinking about me. Yeah. She tells him everything she wants, and she's 100% upfront and honest about it. <laughs> like, they completely, you know, uh, like, the only thing she does is she doesn't warn him that uh she doesn't warn him that Max is going to be about the apartment, but it's not really dishonest because it's all based on, well, clearly she wants you to still be obsessed with her. Obviously, she's going to be upset that you're, you know, dating somebody else. Yeah. She's obviously jealous of you. 
She even makes the fact that she's jealous of, uh, sorry, jealous, not of you, of, of Max. She even makes the fact that she's, uh, you know, jealous about Max clear when they're doing the roller derby scene. The only thing she's dishonest about is she already knew about Max. Mm-hmm. But that's it. <laughs> oh, God. And again, <laughs> the idea that they had to, like, work to find her uh, sidekick. But it's like, well, you know, I feel like after you knew who her sidekick was, you should just go check on her ex-boyfriend who got her sent to jail. <laughs> like, well, wouldn't you I, check on him? Yeah. Wouldn't you check on him anyway just to find out about her? Like, the person who is most likely to have compromising information about that woman is the same person she goes to kill. So it's like, your due diligence would have taken you to see that guy anyway, and maybe you would have just noticed her driving up outside the house when you were there. Yeah, but this is, this is this, this is, is criminal minds. I know, I know. I know. And this is this out. is this is faster than doing the slogging work that I know, I know would normally Play, be done. It's true. Playing cat's game is easier than actually having to do their jobs. Yes. <laughs> you know, probably not how they intended that se- that sequence to read, but that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. All right. So yeah, no, I mean it's. It really is. Like, it's a good episode. They're good performances. Everybody's fun this week. And I re- again, I really like Aubrey Plaza. You know, I think she does a great job. Um, Rachel Lee Cook? Yes. There you go. Uh, you know, also does a really good job. Like, everybody's solid this week. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bringing it. Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's a good one. And yes. I'm, yeah, like it really is a good episode overall, despite, you know, the misgivings I always have to offer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <coughs> but yeah, I mean, the end of this, I mean, if anything tells you that this whole show has been about Reed. <laughs> yeah, I know it's this episode. It's, You're totally uh, right. Yeah. It's so crazy <laughs> in the last episode where they're like, really hasn't the show been about Garcia? No. Uh, if you're watching, if like, if you anyone watching the show could see, obviously Reed is the focus of this show. Mm-hmm. Anybody, you know? I mean, it's uh, it, the the show from the start was like this relationship with Reed and Mandy, right? Yeah. Mandy Patinkin is Jason Gideon, and this you know Airsats father son relationship they had, where he's trying to. Make where like Reed grew up without a father because of his twisted relationship with his mother, and uh, Jason is trying to redeem himself for his screwed up absentee father relationship with his own son, right? And yep. it's them, and that's what this show was going for. Then Jason Gideon left unexpectedly, <sighs> and the show was lacking its you know central. What is the theme here? And so it just, they did all sorts of stuff with all sorts of characters, and they never really found a hook back into Reed, but Reed always remained the focus. Yeah, it's it's an inter, it's an interesting thing, because I just ran across something, and again, you know, I mean, it still astounds me that, that Mandy Patinkin just went, he, he just didn't show, he did, they found out because he didn't show up for the table read. I know. <laughs> he just sent no, them a right. note and says, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Not doing the show anymore. <laughs> Laters. And they were uh, like, thank God we have an episode banked from last year. 
just like, I, 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 I just can't imagine yeah. what that must have been like. But anyway. Oh, I know. I mean, that, that poor team. Like At suddenly, point, yeah. oh yeah, well, you've lost your lead actor. And he didn't have the decency to tell you in advance. That he was going to go. That he wasn't going to be back. Yeah, that's, that's got to have been a shocker. Yeah. You know, he got, he woke up that morning and went, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going. Yep. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so ni- It's so nice to have a backup plan. Yeah, I know, right? You know, it's so nice to be Mandy Patinkin and get away with that. It's not like it's the first time he did it. No, no, it's not. But, but he's Mandy Patinkin. When you're, when you're as talented as Mandy Patinkin, apparently yeah. they'll let you get away with anything. Yeah, you know, because we, again... You really wonder what the what the lawyers were doing with that. I know, right? Well, I mean, it's it's bad PR to sue your star. Uh, yeah, you know. And, but yeah, and I mean, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure it was such an awful working environment for people yeah. that they were, I mean, not happy to see him go, but they weren't, you know, upset about it. Well, well they, they, they don't seem to be upset about it too much. That's true. You know, it's uh, quite clearly it was a hostile working environment, and uh, you just worked around it. Yeah, and you I know, think, I mean, it's, I think it's that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fascinating sort of thing, right? There were these this group, this closed group of people who were willing to uh, close their eyes, and yeah. anybody who I I would suspect who who didn't fit you know was uh gone yeah was just segued out yeah it's a it's it was uh it someday i don't know that someday there will be a writing the funny thing is is a full telling of the story yeah because until until that lawsuit nobody wrapped up nobody's gonna say a word about what work in that show was like well, and that's the funny thing because there are all these other shows where where people are kind of going to Vanity Fair or going to um, Rolling Stone sometimes, going to Deadline and like uh, well, no, and New stories. York and the New Yorker uh, yeah. with Ro- Ronan Farrell, you Farrow, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and places have turned down his his work, and then yeah. he finds some place to go. Yep, yeah. you know. Um, you know, people will go to him there. It's, it's, but it's only in the last few years, but nobody ever went about this stuff, about this yeah. stuff until, till the lawsuit, the shit hit the fan. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's fascinating because I, and I think to some ways, in some ways, that's what's made me go. Um, and particularly now after Lucas Till, you know, just went and talked to somebody. That story about, about Peter Lenkoff, yeah. Yeah, about Peter Lenkoff, another CBS, CBS show that we talked about six months When we're ago. recording this, uh, this has just come out, that Peter Lenkoff has been accused by 30-some people of abusive behavior while running his various CBS remakes. Yeah. He's Reboots. the guy who runs all the CBS remakes, Hawaii Re- Five-O, Magnum P.I., and MacGyver. Yeah. And, it, but nobody on this show, no, all the, like this core group of people just close yeah. their eyes to it all. It does seem that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, um, 
I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what, as you say, you know, you have your contracts and the rest of it. I, I it, And that, I think, is part of what, when I'm looking at this last season and going, you don't deserve to be able to handle, settle, set this stuff all up and everything, <laughs> solve all of these problems and give all of these characters. You guys. Happy endings. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think. It's just and no, I mean, knowing about the me, lawsuit now, it it makes it harder to take. Well, it makes it harder to take with these. You've got the characters, yes, and we can separate to some extent the characters, of course, from the people who play them. Of course, and you can do that, but in fact, you have to do that because the people who play them are are guilt, guilty by association omission. and guilty by omission. Yes. Um. Not one of them has said anything publicly ne- about any of this public- stuff. Negatively, they have never supported any of these people. And as I said, I'm sure the license plate issue is, you know, part of that. There's maybe a- they, yeah, maybe the guy got fired whose job it was to do that. Well, there's all sorts of like, there's all sorts of little things. Like I go back and I think about little things in the show that you have to wonder about and like lapses. That weren't yeah. there in the beginning, and um, but slowly but surely, you know, they just kept these bizarre little lapses that should have been caught in the yeah. editing room or somewhere, oh, yeah. um, and they weren't. And you have to wonder about that, and you're sitting there going, yeah, but you've got all of these actors. Like, And I'm not talking about the ones who come in every now and then. Of course not. But I'm talking the ones who are there week after week after week after week, who just um, closed their eyes, didn't say anything, mm-hmm. and are even now, even now, yeah, not when it's all coming one out. of them, not one of them that I can tell. Has yeah, said has done a public support a show of statement, uh, public show yeah. of support for the people suing. Yeah, any anything or saying it. Yeah, well, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, it, it's. I mean, because I'm not following. Everything. Well, no, but I mean, I think they are all. I'm sure they've all been instructed that because if it's a lawsuit, they shouldn't make any public statements. Yeah, lest they get pulled into the lawsuit too. And I think they're all trying to avoid getting pulled into the lawsuit. And that doesn't look great. You know? Yeah, but I, <laughs> but I do, say- as as a person who's been sued, I understand the impetus to not want to get sued. Getting yeah. sued sucks, everybody. I don't recommend it. No. Uh, even if it's completely baseless, you still go through a lot of heartache and awfulness. Yeah. Right? There's just no way not to. So, like... Yeah, it would be, I would have a lot more respect for them if they braved out and say, we stand with the people who, uh, you know, make these claims, whether or not we knew what was going on, blah, 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 blah. See, I'm but, not as, I'm not as nice about it as you. What <laughs> no, I'm saying not. is this has been going on since the second season and getting so worse and worse and worse and worse. So how can and they not so, know? Yeah. And so they're all invested in this. They didn't yeah. all sit down and talk no no what it's because it's a bunch of guys that he was harassing is that okay well i mean honestly i i don't want to pull the show into this too much but you and i have always talked about how reticent the show is to show male victims of this kind of crime yeah. even though there are plenty of uh gay serial killers yeah. who victimize men like it's a very normal thing in the show I mean, how many times has it happened in the entire course of the show? A handful of times 
They've done over 300 episodes, statistically speaking. You look about, you know, 10% of the population, 8%, uh, sorry, 10% of the population, 14% of the population is gay, and almost all serial killers are men. Just by a representative thing, there should have been a ton of gay male serial killers on this show, and there never were. No. So, yes, there is a culture of ignoring violence that is visited upon men, especially sexualized violence. Yeah, and that is, as I would say, and it was one of those questions we had as we were going through the show mm-hmm. and how much this plays and if they just didn't care about it or men are just supposed to shrug this off. Well, I think part of what is supposed to shrug this off and I'm going to say something that is terrible, but I think it's also true. For so long, uh, for so long, gay men were persecuted and kept out of jobs and, you know, like fired from their jobs that they were good at because of lies that all, um, uh, that all gay men were predators. Yeah. And that's true. Uh, like it is, there were places in America where to this day, I mean, it might have changed down because of the, uh, the various Supreme Court stuff where it's like where men literally can't work in childcare because gay men literally can't work in childcare because of the assumption that all gay men are predatory sex offenders. Like that's a real thing that oh, yeah. America historically believes. Yeah. Right? That all gay men are predators. Right? And so the problem is when you get a gay man who's an actual predator, you might be afraid that saying that he's going to be able to come around and say, I'm just being persecuted because of this actually quite real history of gay men being persecuted. Yeah. So it's but, like, you yeah. might. No, get no, I mean, I, I'm not I, saying you shouldn't have done it. I'm saying I understand where some of the reticence comes from Yeah. because but, it would be so easy for him to say, well, this is just a witch hunt. Yeah, I know. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm not defending going... the people. I'm not defending the people who kept quiet. I'm just saying this is the co- entirely logical reason why these people might have kept quiet. And all I'm saying is that this is the 21st friggin' century. Okay, you're absolutely right. It's not the 80s anymore. The McMartin it's, trial is in the It's not the past. 90s. It's... Yeah, it's, I know. it's not even the 90s um, and it's not even and now we're in the Me Too generation and why would and I, I would beg to differ on your they would get drawn into the lawsuit. No, because because they could have even you, you could even say that. Right. They had they had complained about yeah. the set. They some of these people may have actually complained to to HR or complained to Erica Messer or complained about about this behavior yeah. although i being being the self-involved people that <clears throat> <laughs> actors tend to be tend to be they uh they don't even see half the things that they should be seeing well um, and i'll say but i'll say the thing that's the most true thing but you know it makes them look the worst which is any actor who goes out of their way to uh turn on their network yeah might never have a job again yeah, but these people have made friggin' how much money? Tens on of this millions show? of dollars. Yeah, on this show over the years. This is, this is what gets, gets, gets me sometimes, right? Is yeah. that these people are making a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. And, you know, um, particularly 
these days, like particularly in say the last, well, let's just say three or four, three years or so. um, uh, It, it, boggles my mind i know why people don't i mean i can still remember when you know i mean this this one woman came to me about one of our professors and she's and i said well i said um she wants me to do something about it me to do something about it okay and um and i don't i don't know if you remember she brought a gingerbread house i remember (laughs) To for Christmas, right? Yeah, I remember. And the story. Make, making the gingerbread house, but she wanted me to take care of the problem. She wanted me. She said, "I just want him to stop." I'm going. Jesus Murphy, how come it's me? Right now. Yeah. I did it. Yep. I I, I did it, and I went and dealt with a whole bunch of other people. And I talked to, and when the new chair came into our department, I went and talked to this, that particular chair. And I said, look, there's just something you have to know about this particular man, because these were, these were the eighties guys (laughs) (laughs) when, when you were, you lucked, you lucked out of, I mean, I lucked out in some ways, but she just, I just, she says to me, I just want him to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it was just like, Nobody wants to, and it's because of the stigma that's attached to it, the stigma yeah. of report. And, and particularly in this business, you got your job on your back. I mean, this is, you know, the, the whole casting couch problem yeah. and everything else. And that goes for men as well as women. And everybody should still go and see action. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't yet, no matter how many times. It's all back, right there. It's all in that those 13 episodes of action tell you all you need to know about Hollywood. Yeah. And, um, Oh, I still, Oh, Ileana. But anyway, never mind. Point. Well, the but answer the point, is, but the point, um, the point yeah. is right. There is, I, I probably a level of insecurity, certainly around this show. They've seen people, they've attempted to fire people and get rid of people. And oh, it's yeah. not totally clear all of the different reasons why, you know, mm. as you say, I mean, you, the JJ case is, is always fascinating and the fans just pushed oh, it, it so far that she came back. But, but, you know, so Les Moonves didn't like her. Is nope. that it? That's, you know, I mean, that's these days, that's all you can say. And we've said that before um, when we're talking about CBS and then we find this whole culture and, it's the it's the old fish rotting from the head down. Well, yeah, it's a culture of harassment and abuse. Your boss shows you what's normal and you act that way and your subordinates act that way and it just goes downwards. And like so everyone if, behaves this way yeah. because that is the behavior they have seen modeled for a person who's in charge. Yeah. And the thing is, like, there I, is not I, a school to go to to find out how to run a TV show. No. There, there's no school. There is no standards you can go to. There is no class you can take. You learn how to do it by watching how people do it. And when you see only abusive people, you act abusively. It's it's an inter, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, all you have to do is go back to the... I think people thought when the old studio days were gone... Yeah. ...that things would change. 
No. Not what happened. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what happened. Nope. Um, I, there are other stories I can tell from like when I was in, uh, when I was at Waterloo and people I knew and in Toronto. Um, I think the CBC probably had a tighter rein on its people. Oh, that wouldn't surprise Just me. about anywhere else, but it was government, you know. It's government up. run, so, yeah. Well, it's government funded. It's it's an interesting, the CBC, that's a whole well, other Well, you can we say that it's, I, I, by the way, you could say, well, it's supposed to be hands off. Yeah, until Stephen Harper got rid of everybody because he thought they were too left wing. Then it suddenly doesn't seem like it was government hands off anymore, did it? Well, no, but that, but it's the point. The point is, right, that yeah. if you don't, if, if you don't sort of almost, it's like what's going on in the United States. There's a yeah. whole bunch of, they're not rules. They haven't they been written norms. down, but there are norms. Yeah. And when they're only norms, everything is fine. It's what I say about the benevolent dictator. Nothing yeah. wrong with a benevolent dictator until the benevolent dictator dies and the next dictator comes in. And yeah. becomes the dictator. Once well, you've established dictatorial stuff rule. as yeah, rule, well, no who's harm. the next dictator going to be? Yeah. That's what Magneto, by the way, that's what Magneto could never figure out. I'm sure you'd be a perfectly just leader of Earth, Magneto, but I don't think Quicksilver seems like he's going to be great if he takes over. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you can trust yeah. Quicksilver with the planet when you die inevitably. And that's the problem. That's why you can't have dictators, because no matter how good one is, you don't know what the next one's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I, I, I do like sort of norms, I also understand. Well, have always understood why. Yeah. The other things have happened. Oh, absolutely. Why, why the rules come in, why we have sort of basically the rights culture, which as they call it, as as Michael Ignatiev called it, the rights revolution. Yeah. And the rights revolution is has its downsides, and there's no question about that. There's no, and I mean the American, you know, their Bill of Rights and everything else. But you can see how things can be chopped away at when there is a norm. And just as President Trump broke all these norms, right? Mm-hmm. There are other norms too that, and like the CBC, when you talk about Stephen Harper, you know, sort of coming in and then wanting to get chops and putting all sorts of um, political people on boards and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yep. you can see it when it's just a norm, when it's not stated, but do you want everything? Never mind. It's a political discussion and you get into this whole business of, politics and how do you balance these things off it it's not easy it's not easy yeah. and next yeah oh, so we'll talk we will and you might be wondering hey what did any of that have to do with uh, date night and i would have a hard time explaining why uh <laughs> what any of that did have to do with date night but i think it's clear that we got there organically from talking about the culture at cbs that is reflected by so many things in this final season. Yeah, and this this show as a as a as you a know at, well, I mean, and that's that's the thing. As long as something is, if you don't, if you can watch something and you don't think about it, yeah. and you don't wonder about it, I, it has been a real eye opener doing this. I mean, now that we're getting to the end of it, 
mm-hmm. you know, we've got what three episodes left to do. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I'm already starting to sort of think about my thoughts about the show as a whole and how it, you know, how it sort mm-hmm. of its importance and the rest of it. It, it, it's a strange, strange thing. So, and you know, our numbers keep going up more and more people keep downloading and we don't advertise it. And we don't do anything. But, I guess what we're hoping saying is we hope you're willing to come on these uh, flights of fancy with us because part of the fun, uh, part of the thing that not just fun, I mean, fun might be overstating it, but like part of the thing we find so interesting about the show is being able to talk about the real world stuff that it references that affects and that affects it. Yeah. Because this isn't like, and this is true of all art. And I know that this isn't what uh, fascists want you to believe, but no art exists in a vacuum and all art is political. Yeah. There's no such thing as non-political art because anything that has a message is political by definition and everything has a message. Everything has a message no matter how benign it is. No matter how benign and innocuous, anytime you are modeling behavior... Whether you mean to or not, you have a message, and all messages are political messages. And you can't—I mean, you can say that *Criminal Minds* is the least political show on television, and you'd be right. But it's still a show that—I mean—that at its core, the FBI is uh, unquestionably a force for good in the world. Is the message of the show? Yeah, and that's the big message. And we will talk more more about that. And that's that's the line. I mean, yeah. as I as I always say, the personal is still political, and uh, oh, people. I think sometimes people forget that the oh, personal. Yeah. Well, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Everything is everything in the end. How you react, mm-hmm. how this show is put together, how they react to this lawsuit, and you can see it in the show. You and can I watch think them we've made a good art. I think we've already made a good argument. For that. You can see, you know, absolutely you can see them. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with that. All right. So let's wrap this up. Uh, we're going to be back here uh, next week covering four episodes. So it's going to be a big ah. one. Sorry about this, everybody. So that's going to be Ghost. Uh, what's the. Uh, and then after that, Rusty. What, what is the one about the goat ma- named? Oh, you mean the one that. Uh, the one that, that we watched? That you know, the, the, the magic goat episode. Oh, Rusty. Yes. Rusty, thank you. Uh, okay, we're going to watch. So we're going to watch Ghost because we should have watched Obviously. it. Obviously. Ghost, Rusty, we're going to watch the one we did watch, which is embarrassing. And then we're going to talk tree. Face Off, Family okay. Tree. And actually, you know what? We'll just do those three and we'll do the two-parter as in the last episode as a two-parter. Mm-hmm. It just makes more sense. My screw up an accident here it's has out. actually made it so we could do it the right way. Because obviously that should be a two part. We'll cover the two parter as its own episode. Okay. And, and my final thought on the two episodes we did, because in yeah. some ways doing these two episodes together. Back to back is kind of perfect. Yes, yeah. it's kind of perfect. And we're so happy that Reed has finally found a friend. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a good it's good for Reed to finally start moving forward with his life. And I mean, hey, we we love Spencer Reed at this yeah. point. We we we're frustrated by him, 
but we still love Fran Spencer Reed. And there are no not how. we're not the only two people who Oh love no, no. Spencer we are far Reed. from the only two people who feel that way. So. Oh my god, are we far from the only two people who feel that way. Uh, okay, so yeah, and um in case you're wondering, just we might as well announce it now because we talked about it a year ago so you might as well hear it now no we're not going anywhere when criminal minds is over not only are we going to keep doing a case like we'll be back anytime there's criminal minds news obviously yes um but beyond that we are going to be doing a regular weekly show it's just the profiling criminal minds is going to transform into style section the wise guy podcast and that may sound strange and off model but when you see wise guy uh, you'll understand how we could immediately transition from this to Wise Guy. Suffice to say, Wise Guy is a TV show that never gets talked about, but it is not only one of the best TV shows of all time, it is the inventor of modern uh, serialized storytelling. Oh, it is such, it is, it will be such a relief for a while just to, to do just, that. Yeah, that we're going to get six months of just talking about Wise Guy, I know. Yeah, and then we're probably going to start a second podcast, so... Yeah, but we'll talk about that when it's more uh, locked away. Yeah. When it's more locked down. But yes, um, so for the record, Profiling Criminal Minds, just if you want to keep hearing from us, just stay subscribed and you'll get new episodes of Style Section dropped into your uh, notifications every week, every Thursday, just like Criminal Mind, Profiling Criminal Minds always has been. So that should be a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for profiling-related fiction you would like us to cover, and we're going to need more hints now that we're out of Criminal Minds episodes, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'll see you back here Tuesday. Oh, uh, no. Uh, is the Tuesday thing done? Oh, no, wait. We only did. Um, is uh, is Angel of Darkness done yet? Or No, I think it would still be going on on okay, Tuesday night. Okay, so nights. we'll see you Tuesday for probably the last... Uh, see so... you Tuesday for the last episode or second last episode of Angel of Darkness. Um, we're going to do that thing again where we watch the whole show and then we both read the book and talk about the book in a bonus episode like we did with Gone. So there'll be an extra episode of that on Tuesday going forward. So our continuing coverage of Angel of Darkness on Tuesdays. That should be fun. And of course, join us back here next week for those three episodes that she already said. Uh, Ghost. Rusty. Uh, Rusty and Family, family tree. tree. Just, I'm so obsessed with Rusty because know, at yeah. no point in the episode... Do they tell you that the goat was named, like, until the last second? <laughs> the goat was named Rusty. Don't under- the goat was named Rusty. <laughs> because they're like, well, in the script, it says that the giant goat monster is named Rusty. And so then looking at this tag on the, the doll, it's going to be a big payoff for the audience. And no one working on the show noticed that the audience doesn't know the monster is named Rusty. No. Like, so he looks at the tag. Oh my god, Rusty was the goat. Yeah, but who's Rusty? This is the first <laughs> time it's ever been mentioned. I know, it was just so bizarre. It's such a bad episode. Oh, and well, it's just, as I said, no, no. No, you're right. Oh. They, hey, at the time, we didn't know they had bigger things to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly the problem, right? Is yeah. that when this episode is being edited put together, and... edited, like, yeah. everything... Like, even being written and then putting together and being edited, they're all 
like the key people. On tender hooks. Breen, Breen Frazier, Glenn yeah. Kershaw, Erica Messer are in the middle of being sued yeah. by the government of California. Right? I know. We didn't know. Oh. oh, these poor people. All right. Well, okay. maybe. Uh, we'll see you back here next week for that. It should be a blast. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.